What's poppin' everybody? How y'all doing? Thank you for tuning in. It's yours truly, the one and only, Big Gator, Don Cayman, Spiffy Gator, Gold Chain Gator, Mr. Where's My Lighter, and you're listening to the Swamp Life Podcast. Hopefully you guys had a nice Memorial Day weekend. I didn't really do shit. Um, made a little progress in life, but yeah. Just a little bit, so we'll see how that goes. We ain't gonna talk about that shit on the podcast, though. So, just jumping right into the shit, I just wanted to touch on something I said last week when I was talking about how people with a different level of money have access to a different level of shit. Medicine and just medicinal type things. And specifically, a prime example that I thought about once I got done recording and then someone was listening to my, told me they listened was Magic Johnson. If you think about when he got AIDS, 91, 1990, 1991, that was a fatal thing. Anybody who got HIV, got AIDS, they looked at that as just an automatic death sentence. People weren't optimistic optimistic about that in the slightest. Niggas out there and just thought it was a wrap. So, fast forward to present day, Magic Johnson was donating blood. Now, my nigga, I don't know who was getting this blood, but he was he was giving it. So, obviously, is he clean? So, that's just Exhibit A. I ain't found Exhibit B yet, and I ain't searching for it because I don't want no smoke because I ain't got the money yet. But when we do, I'm gonna get y'all B through Z. Anyways, while I'm on uh basketball in the first place um I hella fucking had a brain fart because I seen someone run by I'm sorry um while I'm on basketball let me just fucking get into um what the fuck I'm sorry there's a weird person like and I I can see them out the window there's a lot of crackheads and shit in my apartments so I, I be like looking and I like to people watch. I always wonder what's going through people's mind when they be doing weird shit. So that's kind of what I was about to ask out loud. And yeah, but anyways, I want to get into the fucking finals. Because it was the finals that everyone's predicted since before the season even started. And in a way, I'm not even really upset about it. It was so predictable, but I'm definitely tired of it. And I know next year it'll be something different, but... I didn't really expect, well, more so because I, I think it'll next year it'll be something different because I definitely think LeBron is leaving Cleveland after this season, even if they miraculously beat Golden State. And I mean miraculously, like all caps, bold, underlined, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think there's any chance that they beat Golden State. I think that if that goes longer than a five-game series, that's going to be shocking. And if it goes to seven, you got to fucking give LeBron his credit. Because there's no way that should go past five. If they, him winning a game is a feat in its own. And I know how dumb that sounds, being as though he's the best player in the league. But there is nobody on his team that he can rely on to do anything. There are specific players they brought in to do very specific things. And they're not good at those jobs. Kyle Corver hasn't been hitting his jumpers. J.R. Smith. 
I don't even know what to say about J.R. Smith. We all, if you've been watching basketball, you've been looking at J.R. Smith and you've been wondering the same shit I've been wondering. They brought in Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson for young athleticism and energy. Just off the bench, just, ah, we were ready to play and just win type of niggas. And you go out there and Jordan Clarkson playing like, I don't even know. I don't even know his player comparison right now. Larry Nance was supposed to be a younger, more enthusiastic, energetic version of Tristan Thompson when he was going through his slump. His dad's from Cleveland, or he's from Cleveland. His dad played in Cleveland. This is supposed to be some triumphant comeback home, nigga. He barely gets any fucking PT. And then what's my nigga's name from Utah? Rodney Hood. This nigga here. I don't even, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what's going on with Rodney Hood. He didn't he ain't made a shot since fucking February. Since the trade happened, my nigga. He ain't made a shot since the trade happened. They stepped into the playoff. He ain't got no PT. He ain't hit a jumper. He refused to go in the game, matter of a fucking fact. I ain't never heard of somebody refusing to go in with eight minutes left. You ain't played in two series and you refusing to go in? Why? That's crazy. Like, a nigga would rather make millions of dollars to sit down and get some PT. You're going to be a free agent next year. You don't want somebody to see you play? That's crazy. Nigga got audacity. But I definitely think the Warriors are finna drill them niggas. I did not... I didn't want the Warriors to win. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Y'all know I'm a Thunder fan. Y'all know I don't fuck with Katie. I will not ever fuck with Katie after that decision. I don't care if him and Russell get back together, they get back cool. I'm not rocking with that nigga, bruh. I don't give a fuck. I didn't mean to get that passionate, but that's how I feel. And in that series, you watching it, and um, I almost, they almost had me. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I, I thought the Rockets had it. I, I thought they had it. And then you see this nigga Chris Paul do a Chris Paul and get fucking hurt in the playoffs. And I say he pulled a Chris Paul because this nigga's gotten hurt every year in the playoffs since 2009. And I, I just, I don't get it. What is he doing before or during the playoffs to get hurt every fucking year? Like, I he, I know he... He had to fuck somebody, baby mama in Louisiana, or he had to cheat on somebody while he was in New Orleans, and they put some shit on this nigga, because there's no, there's no way, there's no way he's supposed to get hurt every year at the most important part of the year for his career. That's his career, getting hurt at the most important part of his season every single year. Do you know how wild that is? Like, that's the worst look I've ever heard of. Ever. Ever. He has to just sit on the bench and watch his team play in a game. And it's his first time in that series. I can't even imagine the agony he feels and just not not being able to go out there and play. And it's his first time ever being in that position ever in his life. That's that's be fucking gut wrenching, nigga. I can't even. I honestly can't imagine that. To be so close and then have that shit just snatched away from you. 
and to not even have a, a shot at making a difference. You just have to sit there and watch. Ugh, that has to hurt. And then to watch your team go 0 for 27 from the three-point line. Ugh. Like, my biggest thing is why didn't anybody drive? You know, and I didn't see anyone driving other than James Harden and Eric Gordon. I'm going to give Eric Gordon his credit because he was out there making sure he was getting some buckets. Who I will not give any fucking credit to. This nigga Trevor Reason went 0 for 12. I'm going to say that again, yo. He shot the ball 12 times, and he didn't hit one fucking shot. He missed... Let's let's even let's start with seven. He missed seven shots and didn't decide I'm gonna go do a layup real quick just to get my rhythm, just to get my mojo going. Let me see the ball go in the hoop just so I know I'm 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 okay. No. This nigga kept shooting and kept missing. To live by the three and to die by the three is a fucking understatement. Like, they need to have other parts of their offense to where if the three ain't falling, they have plays, nigga, because this don't make sense. If the three's not falling, the only backup plan can't be a pick and roll, and I'm going to throw a lob to Clint Capella. That can't be the only play. That just, that can't be the fundament of the offense. There has to be some more, there has to be more levels of complexness than that. I just don't believe that that's, how simple their offense actually is. But when you watch the game, that's all you see. James Harden holding the ball till there's four seconds left in the shot clock. He may dump it off to Eric Gordon. This nigga pulling from 33 feet and he's hitting it. Dumping it off to Ryan Anderson, he's hitting it. That was how it looked in the regular season, but in the playoffs, this shit didn't work. And that's why I don't understand how he didn't implement more levels of complexness into this offense. You can say this is who we are or you want to, but if who you are is losing, then wouldn't you want to change to be a winner? You feel me? And I'm still on basketball, but I wanted to give this shit its own segment because this one's bigger than basketball. And, uh, yeah, the... I'm sure by now everybody's seen the 76ers GM. Apparently has five burner accounts on Twitter. And he uses those accounts to talk about his players, his old... uh, Well, technically, I guess he's the president of operations. He's above the GM. And, um, yeah, his old players, his uh, old GM, his people he's had business dealings with and shit like that. And, uh... He was revealing shit like the Markel Fultz trade with Boston before it actually happened. The um, apparently Jaleel Okafor actually failed some physical tests when he was trying to when they were trying to trade him to other teams, and that was something that Jaleel Okafor wasn't addressing in the media and shit like that. So then, I'm not sure who asked it, or maybe he asked it to himself honestly, but. With one of the burner accounts, he replied saying something like, um, they asked, uh, when's Jaleel going to be traded or why isn't Jaleel playing? And they said, why don't you ask him about the failed physical that he doesn't want to talk about? 
because he knows if he he I bet he's gonna I bet the farm that he'll lie about that and then that's just one of those things like a random person isn't gonna know you know what I mean that's something that has to be involved with the team it may not be him specifically but that has to be someone close to the situation to know those things you know what I mean and then he was talking about uh Sam Hinkie calling him dumb and all that kind of shit and I think the biggest reason I think he's denying any of this is because there was also negative shit said about Joel Embiid and regardless of all the other people involved in this he doesn't want that relationship to be fractured I think personally with that's the whole situation like I think if any, if nothing else, they'll deny his name to that account so that relationship doesn't become unrepairable. Because he can, he can always say someone was hacked or somebody hacked him if it does truly get linked back to him. Or, you know, there's still a lot of plausible deniability in the whole situation just in general. I would hope he doesn't have these accounts on his phone just... Like, right there. You know what I mean? I hope he would have to sign into these. So, I'm still assuming that there's lots of plausible deniability. But, it's crazy. Because it makes you think about the Kevin Durant situation. And then it's just kind of bigger than that. Like, why do people feel the need to... Make a burner account to defend themselves? You know, I feel like the... Whatever the person is claiming to... Whatever the claim the person is making is stronger when it comes from that that personal account, that blue check. It just looks more official as opposed to a person with 122 followers and he's following 417 people with six posts. Then it looks like a burner. Like, shit just doesn't be thought through. You know, like the same thing with the Kevin Durant thing. It just didn't make sense. He... Him defending himself looks more credible and just, it's understandable as opposed to using a burner account because, I mean, I'm not famous or anything like that, but I can't imagine what it's like to constantly be tweeted at and criticized 24 hours a fucking day. When you open your shit, you have thousands of notifications of just pure negativity. Just pure negativity on a daily basis. Like, I can't fucking imagine that for a whole summer at least so it would have been human of him to reply to some of these people saying fuck you I want a championship what do you gotta say now bitch like that's I feel like that's a human thing to do people wouldn't blame him people wouldn't attack him for doing that but instead he tried to hide behind some random ass account and then he just looks soft like what do you need to hide for uh, like would same thing with Colangelo what does he need to hide for? One reason he may have needed to die, like I said, the Joel Embiid thing. But the main... Why is he even tweeting this shit? That's a bigger thing for me, again. Why he? Why is he tweeting about Markel Fultz and the trade? You can say whatever you want about the players. Like, that's what I mean about... I'm sliding that into the credible and just official category. But 
why are you breaking news that hasn't happened yet? That doesn't help your trade situation. I feel like, if anything, that hurts because you had to give up your first-round pick in that trade. Boston didn't have to give up anything. So I don't really... I don't understand the leverage in which he was trying to utilize in putting out those tweets. Um... But yeah, that's all I have for the basketball shit. I don't really know my my whole demographic yet, so I try to get when I do have a lot of sports shit, I try to get that out the way quick. Just because I don't really know like I said, I don't really know my demographic of who's listening and who really fucks with the podcast. Like I have a business account so I could check my followers and majority of my followers are women, so I'm kind of assuming majority of my listeners are women. You feel me? But I don't really know. So, yeah, like I said last week, I'd still, I'm still interested in everything to know who, like, actually listens to my shit, so, yeah, let me know, but that ain't all we got, nigga, we still going in, <clears throat> I know y'all seen Morgan Freeman get accused of sexual harassment, and I'm not feeling that shit at all, my nigga. When I first heard it, I was kind of pissed off just immediately and I was ready to deny it just for the simple fact, this nigga has been old my whole life, bruh. I'm 22 years old and he's been old as fuck since I can recall anything visual of Morgan Freeman. Whether that's not PG enough, I ain't gonna say that, but let me just continue with that point. This nigga's old as fuck. So, and then let me go with this actual claim of what happened. Apparently, you can catch it on video, she says. And then I watch it on video. She claims... He says something like, I wish I was there while looking at her up and down. He says, I wish I was there literally right after his... the co um, I'll say the co-star in the movie he was in says... Oh, yeah, she made me look so stupid. And then Morgan Freeman is looking at the person who asked him, the co-star, the question, and says, oh, I wish I was there. In what, in what form, fashion, anything, is that an implication of he wishes he was sexually involved with you in the slightest? He looked you up and down while saying a sentence? I'm sorry, but... I may sound misogynistic saying this shit, but that, that's just not enough for me to say that he was sexually harassing you. I've seen, I work with old men every day. They're fucking creeps, okay? <laughs> if Bob, Jim, if y'all happen to hear this in y'all's spare time, y'all don't listen to the, my podcast. Y'all don't even know I have a podcast, but if y'all happen to randomly, like, you know, scroll upon this, y'all know y'all be creeping. But anyway... Y'all know old men, whether we like this or not, there ain't shit we can really do about this. Old men are some of the biggest creeps out there. And yet, in the video that she references, he ain't even doing no creepy shit. No forward, no over, not even overly, not e- like, not even slightly sexual shit. Like, I'm not, I'm not here for them to Bill Cosby more, Morgan Freeman. I'm just not with that. Like, I hope every... Not even black. I hope everybody can get on the, the, the train of 
nah, this is this is kind of bullshit. This ain't cool. She need to she need to go away with that. Like, cause that don't even make sense. He done narrated Dave Chappelle's comedy skit. He he is the narrate. I want him to narrate my voicemail too. God damn it. I'm trying to get him to to stay live for the next 20 years so I could get him to be the intro on my my bio doc. I didn't even say that right. I meant my bio drama. Because I think it's kind of cool to have a bio drama. But we're getting sidetracked. I think it's crazy that a woman can just come out and make that kind of accusation and then that sort of claim. And then he has to really just come out and defend his whole character off this wild ass claim that has no credibility or just what's the other term that I'm thinking of you you'll you'll know when you're you're hearing just use your context clues it has no merit it just it holds no weight and it's just like how can how and I guess it's in this me too era every claim is being heard and in a way that is a that is a great thing but at the same time these women that are just making these wild ass claims there needs to be consequences for that because that hurts the that hurts and damages the credibility of the movement and it hurts the chances of women who are who really did have to deal with some of these shit coming out and saying that they are were attacked or sexually harassed or sexually assaulted and things like that because people are gonna call them liars and shit like that because of women like this making weak ass accusations well that's just how I feel about it you know and then while we're still on sexual assault and harassment, you, I told y'all last, I think it was two weeks ago, how Spotify removed R. Kelly and XXX from the playlist. And now apparently they're going to be putting them back on the playlist because it's like too slippery of a slope to walk on. There were people who were convicted of worse crimes than XXX and R. Kelly and they actually haven't been commit or convicted of anything. So it's just too slippery of a slope to walk up. And it made sense for them to put them back on the playlist. But it made no sense for them to pull them off in the first place. Because honestly, if you were going to pull them off, like XXX Tentacion's people said, there's just so many other artists that they would have had to pull off. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have made sense. I'm going to get back to music in a second, but I was scrolling through as my shit was uploading, or as that segment was uploading, and then I seen Roseanne got canceled, and I was reading why she got canceled, and the lead actor said some racist shit to a couple of people, one that used to work for Obama, and another one was a Holocaust survivor, and the thing is, I'm not going to repeat the shit she said, because it's just so racist, but... I think it's crazy that she got pulled off the air simply because that show implies so much racism that that show does everything racist but say the racist term. They had an episode, they aired an episode on national television where Roseanne was afraid that her, I don't even know if what the 
I'm not even, I don't even know if she's a Muslim in the show, but she's a brown woman and she was afraid that she had a bomb in her house, so she called the cops. Like, they really let this air, this ignorance air on, ABC let that level of ignorance air on national television, my nigga. But yet, when Black-ish had an episode when they were trying to speak on police brutality and the national anthem protests, which I want to stop addressing as a national anthem protest as well, when they were, when they were protesting police brutality and injustice and using the national anthem as that vehicle, Black-ish wanted to do an episode on it, and um, ABC pulled it. And yet they let that Roseanne episode air live. And as soon as she tweets these racist terms and actually, well, I guess actually uses these racist terms for the public to see, they then say that they don't condone or these actions and words don't represent the way they feel about people and shit like that. And I just don't understand how they can come out with these claims and just say that once they've already allowed that sort of behavior and that kind of episode to air on TV. You feel me? That shit just doesn't make sense. But I don't give a fuck about Roseanne. I never liked Roseanne when it was on when I was young as fuck, and I didn't care that it was coming back now. That was definitely one of those white people shows. And even when it was coming back, I heard rumbles about the sort of racist comments and jokes that they used to make. And was wondering how that was going to survive and live in this climate. And obviously it's not really, it didn't survive well. But like I said, I don't really give a fuck about that. I'm way more concerned about music right now. And um, I thought it was super dope um, that J. Cole and Lil Pump sat down and had a little conversation. And J. Cole put it out on YouTube. It was really cool. And I think they had a nice little conversation and it's so crazy because you really get to see how young Lil Pump is like this nigga's only 17 and this nigga was really doing hella drugs and smoking hella weed and at a young ass age and shit like that but then when they talk you definitely see that there's a well my personal take on it was that there's such a disconnect like it was kind of smooth, but I really feel like they needed a, a person that was in between both ages, somewhere around maybe my age, maybe a tad bit older, maybe also in the rap game, to just help that shit flow along. Maybe that nigga smokes too or whatever, because it looked like Lil Pump was sipping and J. Cole was just there hella sober. But like maybe if they were all there and they could all just sit there, smoke a blunt, chop it up. I feel like that would have made it even more smooth and just fluent. You feel me? Because there's a definite disconnect in the shit that J. Cole, and as there should be because he's seven or low pump 17, J. Cole's 30. But just in their mindsets and in the way they're thinking and looking at shit. And you could tell even in the way J. Cole had questions and shit for Lil Pump and had the answers for Lil Pump's questions. When Lil Pump was answering his shit and talking about him, he wasn't really, he wasn't being open and he wasn't really going into detail and going in depth about the shit that he had to say. So, or the shit that he was really asked. Like he, Lil, or Lil, I, I, I hella almost said Lil Cole. 
J. Cole had to really like pick and pry and like ask follow-up question after follow-up question like when they were def- like definitely when they were talking about the stepdad situation because I guess they both had they both had um, situations where their parents got married they were old enough to you know experience that marriage and then experience that divorce and then experience their mother being involved with another man and her bringing him around and living in the house and how that how they were treated by him and how that affected them they kind of had a a slightly similar situation and that was interesting to know and to find out about Lil Pump but what I didn't see in Lil Pump was the intelligence side that J. Cole talked about and just saying that how he's a smart person I'm not gonna say um, Lil Pump's retarded or anything like that because I think it's hard to be to reach that level of success and be retarded he has multiple singles he's definitely good financially for the next couple of years so I'm not gonna call anybody who does that buy their mama house a failure you know, that's not, that's just not who I am. You feel me? I think their conversation was cool, but I don't know if it's going to be as productive as it should be because if Lil, I don't, honestly, I don't really listen to Lil Pump enough to really give my proper analysis on this situation. I just think they needed a, a mediator of age. I won't say of age, just a little bit older to help guide the conversation. But I think I liked J. Cole's perspective on the whole situation and just how he approached listening to younger artists and just the way he talked about it because I'm starting to view it that way a little bit more myself. And yeah, it's interesting because there's hella music out there. So I used to also kind of feel like I still don't really listen to Lil Pump. I feel like that kind of music is just kind of trash. Just to, Some of the beats are definitely going to be hard, and some of that shit is going to be some shit that you can slap in the car while you're going somewhere or before you go to the club or some shit like that. But I just... Y'all niggas know what I'm talking about, so I'm not even going to go into depth in that. I'm no, I can't properly articulate the point I'm trying to make right now, so I'm just going to leave that one alone. But while I'm still on music, Pusha T dropped the album, ASAP Rocky dropped the album, there's a whole lot to get into with the Pusha T so we're gonna save that for the end. But ASAP Rocky. I'ma keep it G with y'all. I've only listened to the album twice, so I still I still gotta let it breathe a little bit, listen to it another couple times to see how I really feel about it. I gotta listen to it in some different atmospheres and before I give the the true in-depth analysis of how I really feel about the album, my first review of the album, I was a little bit underwhelmed. I'm not going to lie to y'all. He ain't dropped a project since 2015. This ain't what I waited three years for. It, it just, it just isn't. That's just how it's not a bad project. It's hella different. You could tell that nigga's been in London for the past three years. And not that that's a, not like, again, I don't mean this in a, with any negative connotation. 
it's just I expected sonically the album to sound more like the last five, six songs of the album. From let me give you the very specific from maybe like OG Beeper to Purity. That's what I expected the album to sound like. Like if he would have just dropped an EP with those seven songs or seven, those six songs, I'd be like, mm, this is some classic Rocky. It just sounded, those six songs definitely just sounded like vintage Rocky. That's what I feel like I waited three years for. If he would have just dropped that, I'd have been cool with that. But there was just so much going on sonically and just everywhere throughout the album that I definitely got to listen to it a couple more times before I I tell y'all if I'm how I really feel about it you feel me but I know for a fact y'all niggas heard the Pusha T album and there ain't nothing but bars on there like initially when I first heard it I'm not gonna lie to y'all the first song the first two beats actually I was like mm. What was this nigga in Yeah You Doing in Wyoming? I, I'm not gonna lie. After them first two beats, I was I was a little nervous. And then he just starts to he just starts to kill. Like Ye caught up with the Rick Ross beat, and just from there, it just sonically, beat-wise, lyrically, everything was just on point, nigga. And it was just uh. and then he dropped not then, but infrared two, boy. And, like, the thing about Infrared was he wasn't even... And everybody got all pressed about the Drake lyrics and the Baby lyrics. And I thought the crazy thing was the whole song wasn't even about Drake. So then when Drake replied with a whole song, I I, uh, I didn't think it was the best thing to do. Like, if anything, I thought he should have dropped what he did. Like, he dropped another song after he dropped that first song he dropped I'm Upset and he, you know there's a few bars in there for Pusha T and that's all he should have did I think personally because that's all I would have did you can't challenge a nigga that's that much better than you lyrically I just didn't think it was going to work out and then it didn't I didn't even realize how personal Drake got I didn't know Virginia Williams was Pusha T's fiance and I have no idea why or what gave him the audacity to to bring his wife, to bring his future wife into this, nigga. But, yeah. And then today, Pusha T replied with the story of Adidon. Whew. Y'all can't see my face, but nigga, sure. You know, I'm when you're spreading your teeth all the way out, like, that's the face I made when I first heard the, that song. I was, it was, ooh. Oh, nigga, like, oh, push it, chill. I didn't. The crazy thing is, I remember those old, there was an old tweet of this porn star saying, fuck Drake, he's a deadbeat dad and all that shit. And I just kind of looked at it like, oh, whatever. Like, who is this bitch? You know what I mean? Because you never seen the baby or you never really heard anything after that. But then there's some old pictures of them together and then Pusha T tweets about how this nigga has a son. And now he's avoiding his kid. And now it's just like, oh, shit. Like, 
Then he also, t- or not tweeted about it, he, all, he rapped about it. Then rapped about all that, and then rapped about how 40 was dying. And then it's just kind of like, oh, God. Like, honestly, I don't feel like Drake should drop a song back. Because Pusha T dropped his song addressing some, not some, addressing the shit Drake said. He was just going right back at the shit Drake said. What can Drake say about the shit Pusha T said? Like, lyrically, whatever. Like, just real shit. What can he say about the shit Pusha T was telling him or just rapping to him about? Like, if that really is his kid, and which, if it is or isn't, that girl has been saying it's his since at least November, so that's sketchy as fuck for him to deny that, and he knows that's going to create some that's going to create some tension between him and her, unless she's just very understanding. And then, the 40 situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. That w- I'm, I'm not going to call that a low blow at all, because I don't feel like Drake had any business bringing a nigga's fiance involved into this. But I just mean, he can't, re- he can't rebuke any of it. And there's not a... I'm not going to say there's not a crafty way of spinning it into doing something cool, because I think he could have that he could easily spin that into something crafty and saying like 40 has put out more hits before he's he'll be 40 than you know what I mean like that like that's a cool bar right there in itself he can steal that by the way and Pusha T also addressed the shit that he didn't want nothing or he want all the smoke he didn't want Drake to say nothing to Kanye he want him to he want him to get all this smoke and I just don't know if Drake wants to smoke, honestly. He got his album coming out soon, and I just I just don't think it's the best idea. He he should definitely just wait till his album season and just he should let this let this let this die. That's I think that's what Drake should do. Let this die. Cause I don't think this is a winning battle. He's getting support from other celebrities and shit saying that how he does right and how other people are just hating on this nigga. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, bro. Like, that's dope, but, like, that's never, that perception of him will never change, and I think that's something he's just going to have to accept, regardless of who he writes for, although it is incredibly wild. Now, I won't say incredibly wild, but it's kind of wild. If Pusha T knew Drake was writing for Kanye... And then he still made the Quentin Miller claims. Like, I don't, I just don't know. You know, that's a weird path to go down because if he's writing for your mans, you can't make writer jokes is how I feel also. But I, I don't know. You feel me? I just, that situation is a tough one because Like I said, he's writing for your mans, but you know he's been written for and gotten reference tracks made for him. So there's actual proof and evidence for that. But it's a secret that he's written for your mans. I just feel like you you got to hold that part down low key, I think. But if he's just firing off at the mouth and you got to say all the shit you got to say. So then that part makes sense, too, in its own. But 
like I was saying, I just don't think this is a winning battle for Drake at all, but I think he got to let this one die and just drop the fire-ass album that I think he's going to drop. Because I do think Drake is going to drop a classic-ass album. Like, I don't... Regardless of the, this whole beef or just whatever they got going on, I think Drake's dropping a classic. So even if this is it for Drake and he gets slaughtered in three weeks when his album comes out, niggas is going to be back in love with Drake. Best believe. Also, Kanye's album's dropping Friday, and I'm here for it. I hope it drops Friday. I'm actually getting a little nervous more and more as this beef heats up, simply because I feel like Kanye West is going to feel the need to interject or intervene or say something just to help his own argument or his case. And I hope he does it artistically and just beautifully. You feel me? Because regardless of all the shit he's been involved with, I still want Kanye to pull out on top and successful because he's still one of my favorite artists at the end of the day but that's all i got this week y'all hopefully y'all have a good week i'll be back next tuesday we right back on schedule you feel me and um yeah you guys have a good week if you fuck with the podcast shoot me with a repost or a retweet if you see it on the tl i need more listeners i'm trying to grow the audience i need more niggas coming to the swamp you feel me so yeah have a good night have a good week good day whenever you listen to this and um i'm back next tuesday on your next peace